about watching that television show I taped yesterday? Manny Fresh looking for Manny Fresh. Are you Manny Fresh? No, fuck. I'm Manny Fresh. Manny, I see. Hey, Manny, it's me, Shane. Hey, sorry, are you you like recording the podcast right now? I totally can't yeah. do it. Are you calling me to dump me? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I'm. I'm calling you to to let you know I'm standing you up. You're getting stood up. Everyone, I'm. I'm gonna put. Sorry, putting the volume maximum on this machine here. Everyone in the general area, I'm setting this guy up. He is a loser. He sucks. He's getting stood up. Everyone, oh, no. Everyone's clapping. Yeah. Hey, who's that back there? Is that Elton John? Are you dumping me for Elton John? Uh, 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 don't worry. I will be your new podcast assistant. Changing voice. Hey, how's this? Hey, how's it going? Uh, good. I have possessed all of the human attributes, and I'm ready to become the perfect podcast host of the most perfect Macross and Robotech comparison podcast they have out there. Are you excited? We're on episode ten, baby. Episode, episode 10. ten. Yeah, where we got a lot of fun, exciting things for today, like covering the episodes of the show, like we already do. And then also covering a really boring comic. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, we'll talk about it later. We'll get to the comic. <laughs> I, are we going to have a defender? Mane is going to be out there. He's going to say, listen, Megastorm, better than Robotech, better than Macross, better, better from, than, than episode than, 10 of Robotech. I will die in this hell. <laughs> better than Dostoevsky, uh, better than Shakespeare. Get fucked, Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, we, we'll talk about it later. Uh, how, how do you feel? How do you feel to be sitting here 10% of the way to 100? Uh, Robotech is 100 episodes. I guess no. this is a new revelation to me. No, just in general. Just 10% of 100? We're just yeah. talking some, some percentages here for no reason? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling goodish. Goodish. Yeah. Feel happy about? I'm not, I'm not feeling great, but I'm not feeling terrible. Oh, okay. What What would make you feel great, Manny? Um, like a million bucks, uh, like three mangoes, and like a little a little thing of chamoy. All right, you heard it here, people. Get to the one million dollars plus chamoy plus mango tier, and Manny will finally gain happiness. You will get anything extra, but Manny will. Uh, would you send people a picture of your smiling face? For a million dollars, uh, I'll send pictures of the mango. All right, that's fair. Or what's left like, after after I'm done with them? You, you could draw a little smiley face on it. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah. All right. Um, well, with that out of the way, let's get started with probably our first segment: standing ovation. Clap, 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 clap. I'm just, I'm just, I'm always going to say that to make it hard for you to insert those claps. 
All right. It's actually very easy to insert it while you're saying it. Joke's on you. It, it would actually be much harder if you said things of relevance right afterwards. Then I have to do a whole bunch of annoying shit. To, to separate are you saying that what I said was irrelevant? My, my, yes. My talking shit about your collapse? Yes, completely. It's, it's a little helpful for you to say useless things. Uh, anyway, speaking life. of useful things, we have a stand today. Man, are you on the stand page? Audience, are you on the stand page? I'm looking at both of you. You better be on the stand page, ready to see a stand. Yes, Skipper, I'm on the stand page. Okay, I want you to go down. I want you to see the stand. I want whoa, you whoa, to... whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. What's yeah. your language there? <laughs> what did I say? There's no innuendo here. <laughs> All right, I'm in sending ovation. You said I can go down, so I will go down. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Humorous, go down and see this guy. What's what's your thought? What's your what's your guy thought? Okay, so first off, this guy, uh, he's he's got a pimp cane, he's got a pimp hat, he's got a pimp scarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm digging this guy. He's he's got like a a retro ro- robot look to him. Uh, yeah, the, the that head, those eyes. Uh, yeah, can you see why I chose him? Like, uh. As in how it relates to the episode? Ro- robot tech? It, um, I mean, it, it is that he's a robot. It's a, he's, he's a yellow robot, like the yellow robot in these episodes. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. What do you mean? That's, that, that, you're reaching. He's not a yellow robot, first off. You, you just called him a robot. I called him a robot, not a yellow robot. But he is he's yellow. Right, he's most of him face. looks red here with purple hands. Okay, he's wearing a, he's wearing clothes. He's wearing clothes, but all the parts of him that are not clothes are yellow. Except, you know, uh, yellow for, or red. First off, I I do not see like a 19-inch uh CRT screen on this robot. Okay, he is a yellow robot stand. Okay, it's He's got a yellow scarf. Come. Come on. And that, that's a very striking scarf. Okay. I I, I okay. So to to describe okay, this guy, he is he's he's a he's a ro- robotic guy. Uh, he is wearing mostly human clothes. Manny said very pimp like. He's got a little uh, kind of like a diagonal sun belt. And I guess how, how would you describe? Um, I guess sort of a an old timey doctor suit. And he's wearing a bowler hat as well. Uh, very much liking back to some sort of a you know nineteen sixties style comedy movie about a robot wearing human clothes um I, i'm glad you like him though his name is wonder of you uh this is actually kind of a, a big deal stand if you are uh care about jojo i'll try to be a little ish i won't go super ham in spoilers but if you are reading or watching jojo uh, this is a, a very important uh stand from part eight uh, so you know if, if there's a there's a stand so far that you may want to see by yourself. It's probably one of them, but for uh, Manny, who doesn't care, it does not matter. Uh, but yeah, this, what do you think this fellow does? What's what's the standability? Um, uh, I'll, I'll say I'll say to, to be to be clear, the thing in the bottom right, just a close up. That's someone else's ability. I, ignore it. I, I just want us to get a close up of his face. Okay, okay. Uh, so I'm looking at this guy. He's got like an old timey look to him, like you said. He used the 1960s, but I'm going to say like 1930s look to this guy. Yeah. Wonder of you. I don't. I don't know what that name is in reference to. Uh, can you tell me? Do you know? Or would that give away the gimmick? I don't think so. It's most of the songs are. It's apparently it's a song by Baker Knight, recorded in 1958. Hmm. That doesn't apparently, it was, a, 
Okay, yeah. so this guy has got Kane. Man, I've got I've got I can't read this guy. Apparently, the more famous version was by Elvis Presley. The original recording by Baker Knight uh, does no longer exist. Oh, that do, that does happen sometimes. Yeah, most people would say it's like an Elvis Presley song. Hmm. Oh man, I really I, I really got nothing on this guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I need just, some help. You, you, just just uh, throw. Okay. Does does it help? He is like a really strong power. He's like the main antagonist of of the part. So think of like a really out there thing this this guy could do. And it's not like time thing like 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 the other guy, right? No, there are some some other antagonists that do time things. This is not one of those things. It is in the similar like wheelhouse of like using a um Hmm, how would I describe it? Like something uh, in the same feel like realm. This guy gives me like like a a like a a modernized Grim Reaper guy. Like he's coming to take your soul type of guy. Yeah, yeah, I I, I could say that. I don't know if it's directly relevant. Here, I'll give you a few more hints. So his ability, it's a long range ability, and he doesn't have to be directly there to be doing it. And like I was trying to say earlier, uh, his ability encompasses something along like the same like bigness of time. So like not like similar to time, but in the same way you might say like, oh, time and space are like similar, like big concepts. It's it's something about that, like a natural uh large power that that he has. Hmm. I mean you there was already a, a, another one that did like teleportation thing, right? Yeah, so he scrapes like yeah, he, he scrapes things in front of him. A kind of a low tier power. I mean pretty pretty strong, but not like big concept like this guy. Oh man, you're 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 never gonna guess it, but I want you to do a wrong guess. Uh, all right, I'm gonna do a wrong guess. Yeah, and I'm gonna say he, uh, as long as he can see you, no matter how far away, with his robot eyes, uh, he can turn <laughs> you to stone. That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Okay, uh, that that's cool. That's actually, I think that's a Zatch Bell power. <laughs> that's like oh. a big Zatch Bell guy. I can I mean do that's, that. that's also like a Medusa power. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, what fucking wise guy? Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> did you did you know that all media comes from from prior media? Uh, wow, genius! All right, dickhead. I'm just saying, oh, Zatch Bell, not 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 the go to. We're talking about Shonen Battle stuff, okay? That's that's the the comparison. Okay, wonder right, of usability. Right. <laughs> it can be activated on any person who has attempted to pursue the stand or the user of the stand. So that's important because it's an, an activation mechanic. So whenever you're trying to pursue this guy, it activates. And what it is, uh, while Wonder of Usability is active, targets will experience horrible developments referred to as calamities. These calamities will always be a harmful collision and sometimes will be the result of the target's own behavior leading to an unusually detrimental result. For example, like you're trying to cut food and then you just notice like, oh, fuck, I've cut my finger off. Like that's something it would it would do. He's got final destination powers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but like even stronger, because that's, that's like the first half. The other thing you do uh, is that you can take the form of environmental factors that would normally be harmless, having an abnormally bad outcome. Like, for example, it starts raining and all the raindrops like just fucking shoot you like a bullet. Oh, like they, they, you, don't yeah, be, you don't want to be shot. That's, there's a lot of raindrops out there when it rains. Yeah. Uh, and this is like why it's really powerful. Once Wonder of You has locked onto a target, any attempt to pursue or otherwise harm its users will result in the ability of reactivating. The threshold for reactivation is extremely sensitive 
uh, the mere intent to confront the stands user is enough for this ability to work. So if you're like, I'm going to go find this guy and beat him up, like just like thinking about it, 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 it starts happening and like the whole world starts coming out to Final Destination kill you. Okay, so I, I want to know what's what's like the um, uh, what's the line? Like, what if you're what if you're chasing him down yeah. to give him like a bowl of green M and M's? Yeah. Oh, like, like to, to do a that good thing to him? Yes. I don't think so because uh, I I don't want to get too into spoiler difficulty, but oh, is definitely... that is that like, is that how they they get around it to to beat him or something? No, well, it, it's a similar it's a similar thing. They don't like pursue him to do a good thing, but they do like I'm going to do a thing that's technically not pursuing. Yeah, yeah okay, to... that, that's how I thought it would work out. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's all I needed to know. Okay, all right. Um, I I think like if you're like maybe if you don't realize, I I think maybe it's intentional on his part too. So maybe like if there's like a dude that's like, oh hey, you forgot your burger. I'm going to go give your burger to you. I don't think like that guy automatically dies, right? That's that's what I'm guessing. That'd be very funny. That'd be very funny, but also he wouldn't get his burger. Yeah, yeah. His his burger would probably like drop and like literally cut the guy's foot in half. Oh no, he'd get he'd get like a super paper cut from the paper bag. Yeah, yeah. Literally, you got it. Uh, do you do you like this guy? Do you like his deal? I, I do like him. He he looks like he looks uh he looks like an alternate costume for uh, that Q guy from Street Fighter Three. <laughs> yeah yeah he's got that going on do you think he has a cool taunt <laughs> i love that taunt that's such a cool taunt all right good good standing ovation like like this guy like like the, you that you like it you like his power i mean you got it uh, you like the final destination thing like that was that was it yeah it's final destination power and i do like i do like the aesthetic yeah it's cool uh i need to go back and i stopped reading halfway through the final conclusion so i don't i don't actually know how they beat this guy maybe he, he wow, fake fan. Know. Fake fan. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll go on to Manny. Your next segment, you're going to talk about some voice actors. Oh, yeah, voice actors. They they do acting with their voice. Uh, I guess today we're just going to knock out uh, both versions of, of uh, one of our sidekicks here. Uh, ben Dixon slash Kakizaki Hayao. Uh, not a lot to talk about with this guy. Ben Dixon, voiced by Richard Ebcar. Uh, his first role was a, a guy, a character named Ben Dixon. Have you heard of that? Yeah, that was that was his first voice role uh, in in a show called Robotech. Also, he voices uh, Grell, which is Chiron's sidekick that we also see in this episode. Oh, huh. The guy that's like, "Are you sure we should, you know, we're not going to shoot this guy, shoot the ship?" Yeah, that guy. Huh. Uh, what else does he do? He does uh, he does Raiden in the modern modern Mortal Kombat's. Oh, yeah, that, that's a big role. I've that's I've a heard big that. Role. Huh. That's very different. Yeah, I didn't know right? that guy's voice. I'm not going to name a bunch of them, but a lot of his roles are like wise older guy. Like, like if you look, if you look at the behind the voice actors page, like two thirds of of his characters have gray hair. Who's your favorite wise older guy in fiction? Oh man. I'm, I'm going to say, man, you put me on the spot here. Now I'm not thinking of any, even though there's <laughs> so many, you know I what? Fake fan of wise older guys. Ah, yes. Yes. Wise older guy. You know what? One of his voice, one of his voice roles. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, like I, I, whenever Commissioner Gordon has gray hair, this guy voices him. Yeah. Whenever he has red hair, somebody else voices him. Huh. Or, or at least mostly. That's what I noticed from the page. He's got cop wisdom, which is the best wisdom of all. You might yep. say that's 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 what I always say. <laughs> uh, he does a lot of voice roles in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, cool. Uh, in a bunch of other Power Rangers as well, but in 
in Mighty Morphin, he did 10 different Monsters of the Week. You think he was like voicing people alongside Brian Cranston? He's like, I'm going to be so much more famous than this guy. <laughs> He's like, oh, man, this guy, he doesn't have it. I have it. <laughs> no juice. Jigen from Lupin the Third. Oh, like in a, a lot of stuff or like one one thing? Uh, most, pretty much everything. Oh, really? Oh, that, that's yes. very cool. Uh, I have here a character named jo- Joseph Joestar. Oh, hey. Parentheses old. His his stand kind of sucks. I mean, I guess I guess we could have done it. One one of the one of the earlier ones, or is he the first one? Mm, he's second he, one. Uh, and when he's the main character, there aren't stands. He becomes like a supporting character, and he gets a stand. But when he's old. it's yeah, when when he's old. All right, so when he's when he's voiced by Richard Evcar here. Okay, uh, Richard Evcar also voiced uh, Akuma in the Street Fighter video games. That's good. That's good, right? Yeah. Uh, he's oh. also, uh, as far as I can tell, non-Mark Hamill video game jokers. I feel like you said there's not a lot here to this guy. Then you name like seven all-timer roles. Like, uh, except is... that, that's a lot of what's there. That's pretty much what he's got. What you, that's good. That's fine. That's that's quality. Dude, dude's oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. There, there's a listing here. Kingdom Hearts. <gasps> Three roles, which I think are, are like convoluted way of like one role maybe you're the kingdom hearts expert here he is uh ansem (laughs) yeah riku ansem and tara zeanort (laughs) manny we cannot go into kingdom hearts lawyer on this podcast (laughs) i stared at the spreadsheets i at one point stared at them long enough where i was like i understand and then a few seconds later i was like but i don't I don't think any of this matters or is good. And then I stopped caring and remembering. There you go. Okay. I do like that voice. I do like, I think Ansem's voice is cool. He's got that. He's, he doesn't have it in, 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 in Robotech, but he develops it into the wise old man voice. He was, he was working uh, after the Brian Cranston comment. He's working <laughs> alongside Leonard Nimoy. And he was like, you know, people are really going to remember me more than this fella here. More than this Nimoy guy. Who's this <laughs> yeah. guy? What has he done? <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so mean to this guy. He's, he's, he, he's I have like no reason. Guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could say that just by his voice roles. It seems like a bad decision to make. There are plenty of fun voice roles that are terrible people. Okay, so uh, Kakizaki Hayao, he's voiced by uh, uh, Katsumi Suzuki. This guy has much, much, much less in his uh, in his CV here. Let's let's take a look here. He is like the uh, opposite of a hype man, man. You can't be you can't be doing this for every guy. Okay, okay, okay. But this is true for this guy, okay? Like this these are the top roles that I found. Okay. Uh number number one, top role, this guy. Kakizaki okay. Hayao. Cool guy. Number two. Number two, one of the guys in Blue Wind. Blue Wind. <laughs> uh the, the the big guy with the red hair. They would yeah. keep, they kept saying, Oh, I think these sexy ladies are a weapon. That guy. We'll get his name eventually, I suppose. Uh, Wadera Nantes. Okay, his name. that's a spoiler. Not supposed uh, to know that yet. Uh, he is uh, he is Bugs Bunny in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? But not Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I guess they couldn't get Japanese Bugs Bunny for, for that cameo. Uh, he is uh, Diddy Kong in pretty much everything. Okay, come on. That's a that's a huge one. Diddy Kong. That is that yeah, is it's Diddy Kong. If it was Donkey Kong, if it was Funky Kong, 
Everyone knows who Diddy Kong is. Are you kidding? Are you? That's that Look, is no, like, I'm not saying how how known Diddy Kong is. I'm saying it's, it's Diddy Kong. Okay, I think I think the appeal of like going to a party full of maybe even people who don't play games and saying like, "Hey, you know who Diddy Kong is?" Most people there would say yes, and they'd be like, "I voice Diddy Kong." Everyone would be like, "Whoa, holy shit! You voice whoa. Diddy Kong? Whoa, hold, hold the horses, guy with the, the acoustic guitar, shut the hell up!" <laughs> um, Breaks his guitar. <laughs> He's got two uh, Cartoon Network voices. Oh, he's got more, but these are the two that I picked to highlight. Sorry, uh, real he's... quick. Does he? No, real, real quick. Does he voice the Diddy Kong in the uh, the CG cartoon? Uh, let me take a look here. Uh... You know what I'm talking about, right? The Donkey Kong show. Yeah, yeah, the, the super terrible one. It, uh, it's no, okay. It does not pop up here. Ah, damn. Okay, well, continue. Shame. <laughs> He voices two Cartoon Network, uh, like I said, a bunch more, but he voices Mandark from Dexter's Lab. Yeah, that's good. That's good, right? Can, can you give me yeah. a Mandark laugh? Do you know it? <laughs> like that? Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. That's that's kind of what I was hoping for. All right. And he's also the mayor of Townsville. From oh, the yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, cool guy. I don't know. I don't know how he sounds like Japanese, but I mean, I guess he sounds like Kakizaki, but. And then. Exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, not not a lot. Like this guy's really not a lot. Uh, they both did a lot of voices in in uh, GTO. Great, Great teacher, teacher on uh, And uh, they share a role in a random waiter from a random episode of GTO. So there you go. Wow! Really? Yeah, that's funny. Wow. They do you think they met like and only discussed that role? Yeah, they they met and chicken. Looking at here, they share two roles in GTO. One is random waiter, and one is another just random director. That's really weird. Where they do movie stuff. I wonder maybe it's just like same company. No, I don't. I don't think. um, Oh fuck! Who's who's in charge of Mad? No, no. I I think it was just it was bound to happen because they both have like fifteen like extras roles in GTO. Hmm. That is really funny though. That's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a good little fun fact. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. That'll, I'm going to try and be on the lookout for that next time because I'm sure, I'm sure we'll run into that once or twice more. Yeah, it, more great teacher Onizuka similarities. Yeah. The, oh man, all the characters are so ugly in that show. That's all I wanted to say. So ugly. yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, sorry to that guy for choosing the robot over over him. Uh, maybe we'll do Joseph Joe Star next time uh, as a late apology. Uh, very very boring stand though. So. It'd be good for Manny. We'll have five seconds to talk about it. Anyhow, yeah, let's let's freaking get into the meat. Let's break into the bone of this episode ten. Bones and meat, not the same thing. I'm, well, I guess you need the bone marrow. Yeah, I was about to say. Mm. Yeah, give uh, give that soup some flavor. Episode ten, blind game, which I will now read Manny's hopefully wonderful summary. Hey, it's the Blue Wind Gang. Britai is trying to figure out what these guys are talking about, but their debrief is about as clear as one of Manny's summaries. It's not going well. Exodol has two suggestions. First, to collect Micronian live samples. Britai agrees. Second, to get rough. Britai smiles and agrees they go to his quarters. Kinky. Back on the Macross, they finally manage to get a hold of UN Spacey HQ. The message they receive pretty much says, sucks to suck losers, keep fighting all your own out there, GG easy. Cut to random space battle. 
Kakazaki takes a hit, so Ikaru requests to retreat for a pair and picks a fight with Hayase, lecturing her on the dangers of space. If only there was a giant tuna out there, the danger would be more acceptable. Having retreated, Hikaru is at the bum-out bench of the park, waiting for Minmei. Predictably, she cancels their plans. We here at Do You Remember Robotech almost feel sorry for him. Almost. Just as Hikaru gets dumped again, the Zentradi attack starts. It is a massive laser barrage to overwhelm the pinpoint barriers. A lone Zentradi's ship closes in to obviously take advantage of the opening, but our amazing Captain Bruno declares it nothing but a bluff. Oh, what do you mean amazing? This is Beta Bruno. I don't... He's not amazing. Don't put, uh, put, don't put these uh, words in my mouth. No, no. It should be air quotes amazing. Just keep reading. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, in classic Bruno fashion, he's completely wrong. If a Zentradi ship fires a big fat laser beam that leaves a big fat hole in the command tower of the Macaros. Oops, there goes the wide-range radar. The radar technicians, too, rest in peace, in peace. The only thing they can do is wait around the asteroid field that I guess is between Mars and Earth. In that asteroid field, Hayase sees a dead pilot exposed to space, but her ego is totally fine, nothing to worry about here. She absolutely won't do something stupid in the next sentence. They need to get some eyes out there to scope out enemy movements, and Nisa is on the cat's eye surveillance craft as part of the recon team because she's going to prove Ikaru wrong about her not knowing the dangerous space. Oh, and Ikaru is providing escort. That's totally a coincidence. Nothing to see here, folks. Ayase has some big Bruno energy as she orders her escort away to attack some clearly diversionary pods, and her ship is instantly captured. Good job, globalist Misa. The cat's eye is being brought into the Zentradi ship, and Hikaru's Vermilion team is right behind. I kind of pictured Fokker saying the globalist line, like Alex Jones. <laughs> Danger Zone! Just as they retrieve Hayase, Britai himself jumps in with a sweet flying kick, but Best Boy Max having none of it. With the help of Kakazaki, he manages to throw Britai out of the ship. As they are cutting a hole in the bulkhead to escape, Britai does something that I, Shane, will almost certainly say is some WWE shit. I definitely don't say that in my summary. <laughs> um, Manny was also going to describe it that way but he's much better than that anyway Britai jumps in with a steel fight to the head in the car is neck freeze framed ending theme go ahead Shane prove me wrong <laughs> well not a lot to say let's move on to my summary <laughs> oh man alright uh, Shane prove me wrong oh boy <laughs> alright here we go good summary by the way Oh, thank you. The episode is called Megastorm? Uh, nope. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> totally, totally, totally uh, not paying attention to what we're doing here. The whole thing here. Okay. Episode 10, Blind Game. The Blue Wind trio report their important findings back to Britai and Exodore. But unfortunately, none of them can agree on what exactly it was they saw. Was it a weapon? Was it a beep? Uh, insert a beep there. Like, you know, the one of those things. Mm -hmm. My voice yeah. doesn't go that high. That was literally all I could do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they don't offer any of the suggestion, right? Yeah. Am I supposed to don't. read this? The parentheses? Yeah. <laughs> Is this for you? It's up to you. It's up to you. Is this it's for fine. you? <laughs> no, no, it's okay. <laughs> Britai tells them that they're useless, but uh, it doesn't part upon Exodore to come up with a new aggressive scheme to assist with raising troop morale. Capturing a human. They don't say human. They say Micronian, nerd. Sorry. E even in... I, like what we speak, we speak the language, so they, they mean human. Okay, you know, this is for the audience. This is not for us. Mm -hmm. And speaking of leadership, the Macross has finally got in contact with the UN back on Earth. The UN tells them to fuck off and keep giving those aliens something shiny to shoot at so they don't turn their attention to Earth. 
The bridge is less than pleased at this news. Shortly afterwards, a battle crosses. And of course, Ben Dixon gets his plane shot. Like, I think it was literally shot before the scene started. Like, no, no, I think it's at the end. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Rick tries to go back to the base to recoup, but Lisa denies the request. Rick tells her to shove off and that she's a little baby coward ordering people around when she's safe on the ship. This will psychologically haunt and possibly arouse Lisa for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chiron has aroused himself, his pulsing erect purple finger pointing at a devious plan. Despite being ordered to shoot a warning shot, Chiron instead intends to shoot a non-warning shot, blowing up the radar. Devious. Back on the Macross, Rick is being bullied by the bridge crew lady trio while waiting for Minmay on a park bum-out bench. Sammy asks him if, he's, if the person he's waiting for is prettier than them, and Rick says, no, I simp only for uh, mm, mm, one, <laughs> two, mm, one. Currently one women only. I love when they put text contractions in the summary and then you have to figure out how to translate that into audio language. Oh, you did a very uh, good job there. This one was more on purpose, yeah. <laughs> uh, just then, everyone's favorite character, the yellow mobile telephone device, comes by to deliver his sworn message that Min May standing Rick's ass up. Thank you, yellow mobile telephone device. You are a true hero. They should give you Hikaru's medal from the last episode. <laughs> yeah. It's at this point that Chiron's warning shot comes in, causing exactly one on-screen fatality. Oh, God. Yellow mobile device, are you okay? Please. God, are you okay? We're not playing make-believe anymore. Wake up. <laughs> War. War never changes. Why couldn't it have been Ben? Uh, I was like, Uncle Ben? What are you, what are you doing Uncle Ben here? Why couldn't it have been Ben? Shocked and appalled at the major grievous character death, the crew gets a message uh, from the aliens requesting a surrender. And they're speaking English. Maybe maybe Japanese? Not in Robotech. They're not speaking Japanese. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. You're right. Henry's like, shut that down. But on the inside, he's really impressed. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, having heard and agreed with Rick's words earlier, Henry then orders Lisa. Uh, I have that on my notes, too. (laughs) Henry then orders Lisa to go out and do some recon work in a special radar plane called, uh, called Cat's Eye. Have you ever seen The Room or like heard about The Room? The, the, the Room? No, The Room. R-O-O-M. No, no. It's a famous bad movie in 2003, uh, 2003 from uh, famous director Tommy Wiseau. And there's a famous scene in it where... The, the the main guy who's also played by Tommy so goes, Lisa, you are tearing me apart. Uh, and kind of whenever I hear funny Lisa, I think about that. <laughs> this this was more because uh, you, know, you have here Lisa, but this yeah. was more of a Lisa. <laughs> Lisa. The, the, the A was extended. Yeah. Uh, Rick's squadron ends up flying cover for the cat side, but Lisa tells him to leave her alone moments moments before flying directly into danger. Lisa begins getting captured, but Rick's squadron goes in for the rescue. Brita hears about this, gets pissed off, and jumps into the fray himself to start grappling some robots. That is, That was actually really cool. Yeah. Like he just gets in there. Yeah, he, cool. he goes for like 0 to 100. He's like, yeah, he what's the... He like takes off. Fucking Bruno wouldn't do that shit. Nuh-uh. nuh Kidding me? He'd be like, hey, fucker, get in there. Rick's crew barely manages to fling him off into space, and they begin the process of escaping. And that's it. As that's all ma- the summary. That's all the summary there is. And there's nothing else. As they else. make their way out through the uh, hull. 
Dear God, JR, he's coming down from the top ropes. It's a steel pipe. That's, that's literally what happens. The end. <laughs> it's uh, literally what happens, though. I, I was getting worried. I was, I was getting worried. But you came through for me in the end. Look, you 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 know me, okay? You you got it. It's it's right there. It's it's so funny. It's literally what he does, though. That's like how it ends. Uh, do you remember when I sent you a message earlier asking uh, that I had a question? <laughs> oh, about you're going to ask me if I had that in my. I, I was going to ask you if you had a WWE bit so that I could cut it out of mine, and then I I thought to myself, no, no, he definitely has a WWE <laughs> bit, and I'm going to make fun of him for it. Wow, this is how it feels to like get owned in a competition. I feel like. <laughs> This is how Carl Magnus, uh, is it Carlson Magnuson, whatever the chess guy. That's when what he, he felt. Robot. Yeah, when he lost to to that guy with the, the butt plug. Oh wow, I didn't know about that. It, it's it, it's a, it's a joke. There, there's a guy he accused of cheating, but it's like notoriously hard to cheat, and so people were were joking that he cheated by having like a vibrating butt plug to to give him like vibrating signals or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no actual evidence. It's just it's just a joke, but it is funny. Hi. Apparently, he got cleared of all wrongdoing. Um, oh, I, yes. I think he put out a thing that said, "Hey, yeah, yeah, they got up all up in those guts, right?" <laughs> yeah, they, they got the. They, they, there's a few like pawns in there, you know, for for emergency chest situations, but nothing untoward. Yeah, the, just non-vibrating pawns, just pawns. Yeah, um, yeah. Rest in uh, peace, yellow mobile telephone device. Rip in peace. Thank you for coming through for for us. Just like Shane came through for me at the end there. You like this episode, Manny? Like these episodes? Uh, I mean, it's not as fun as the last episode, but I guess it was it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it, it's a. I think it might be the the best cliffhanger we've had. I I tell you, you know what? No competition. Best cliffhanger ending. Best freeze frame. We've had. It's uh, really ending. cool. Just yeah. just retie with the steel pipe. Man, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I should say I, I also I feel pretty similarly. I also like this episode. Not a lot of the character stuff that I typically come for in in this. Uh, there's a few fun moments um, in that that regard, but but mostly it's it's a lot of a lot of battle stuff, which I, I think is fine. I do appreciate it a lot, very a lot compared to say another thing we watch for this. Uh, another thing we. Uh, read for this yeah for this episode that is also a lot of battling uh this is many times greater uh, but but generally you know like like a like a i don't know six out of ten is like fair like a totality but like for a macross episode you know six out of ten or so which uh, is still pretty for, good for a macross episode where kind of not much happened and it's yeah. part it's like the first part of i'm assuming a two-parter yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it would be funny just just like um hits of the steel pipe it's like fuck out and then you just leave <laughs> yeah that, that was really cool i love that love that scene britai man he's i don't know we said already but he, he really just like starts running exodor himself like he, is, like, he gets surprised. thrown out of the ship he's walking on the ship the, the ship hole has like spikes or something like like he's using like those those skiing poles to get to move across the bridge mm-hmm. and like he just jumps back in like i don't know i don't even know how the gravity of that works yeah, I it, it's funny we were talking about if Zentradi could exist in the fabric of space in regards to that one guy on Mars. Turns out yeah, they're, they're totally fine. They're totally fine. He 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 I mean he didn't talk, but there was nobody to talk to, so maybe they can't speak in space. There's no air though. Yeah, he was he was like physically exerting himself though. He was doing some action movie shit. Yep, yep, yep. Um uh, do you think they should have like shot him while he was in the grapple hold though? I feel like that would have been smart. 
Oh uh, yeah, like or maybe give him a German suplex to to bring up the the WWE stuff more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good good episode. Uh, we we can go go through it. What what are like the big things uh, you have to hit on like like beat by beat? Uh, I just want to get this out of the way first before yeah. the beat by beat. I I think uh, Shami is fantastic in this episode. She she doesn't have she has like four lines, but they're they're all great lines. What's what's your what's your favorite uh, Shami bit? She, she's uh, when she asks uh, Hikaru, uh, are they uh, is she as pretty as us? <laughs> just totally putting him on the spot. Yeah, that's funny. I like how they have different answers. He's he's a little bit ruder in Robotech. Uh, and it's not nice to compare. Yeah, it was in, in Macross. His line is, is something like, uh, well, I'd say like you're all kind of about the same level as prettiness. And Robotech keys, yeah, he says, Well, it's not really not really nice to um to to compare really. Is she any prettier than we are? Huh? Mm, it wouldn't be polite to make comparisons. Oh, which seems a lot more like, hey, he 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 doesn't think you're you're as pretty as her. Yeah, it's not yeah. even close. Clearly, yeah. Or, or else you just say you'd say what what Macross uh, Hikaru said. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You she looks. You are just as attractive as the most attractive woman on this ship. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're uh, all very pretty. Votes. Voted. Yes. You decided. Would you? What would you say if three uh, if three babes came up and started harassing you like this? I mean, and it's not the first time they've harassed him too. <laughs> like, I, I think Shammy uh, straight up called him a pervert last time. Yeah, yeah, a little, little ledger. Uh, and and they looked at him derisively at the when Minmay was trying out some some clothes. So he's he's got history with them. Yeah, yeah. This this does seem a little friendlier. Seems like they had buried the hatchet somewhat. Uh, probably, you know, that he's been been working around the the bridge and such. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, um, beat beat by beat, uh, we uh, kind of the main through line emotionally of this episode is Lisa and uh, Hikaru. Um, this is the, the first episode we finally get any indication of, of real romance between them. Something which uh, I guess that. Max and uh, and Ben had heard about previously because at the end when um, Hikaru slash Rick puts down Misa Misa Lisa, they're like, oh, <laughs> looks like he'll just do whatever she, she she says. He's weak in the knees for her, which I didn't think was super obvious before this, but maybe they've been reading into their, their arguments as being a little bit more erotically charged than I had. Yeah, like I don't think I've ever even seen him in, in the same scene before. In the same room, you mean? In the same room at all. Uh, well, sh- they met when uh, Fokker was taking him up to the base, and she's like, hey, aren't you the guy that called me old? And then, of course, when they he, oh, he that, rescued were her. Were they back there? Oh, 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 Max Max and Ben, you mean. Oh, I thought, yes. you, met, I thought you met Hikaru and, and Lisa. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, must be, they must be making that assumption based on, on the arguments they're having through the radio then. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Because they've had plenty of uh, radio interactions, and I guess I guess they're they're all privy to it, right? They've got to be in on it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's arguing for for them in some situations. I know. Uh, no, we totally saw them all on the same screen. Uh, totally. When Ben was like, "No, I'm totally fine. Don't send me back." Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're 100 percent right. Huh. They've got history, and they know all about it. What What, what do you think of of that that argument that they have in the beginning? Do you think Do you think Rick is right? Uh. No, no, because uh, they're them on the bridge are all in 
almost as much danger, like proven in this episode. Okay. I forget if we said uh, if we actually said the argument for for the audience who, who might not have seen or forgot. Uh, so the argument is um, once again that we're referring to uh, Ricardo's when Ricardo was trying to retreat, recoup, right? Yeah, and and she gives him like no way you can't, and then Ricardo gets really pissed and says like essentially, listen, you don't have the right to tell me that I can't go back to base because you don't understand is because you're you're sitting there is essentially his his argument as best as I understand it. Yes, you're not out here. In the shit, like us, yeah. But you, but it's, you think it doesn't hold weight because she has a very dangerous job just being on the ship in general, right? Yes, like we saw the bridge attacked. Like it, it looked like the the wide range radar that they were talking about is like maybe like a deck or two below them, and that got completely wiped out—a giant hole. Like I said, yeah. It's. I mean, I I still think it's more dangerous. Like there's definitely more fighter pilots being killed than bridge crew. Just yes. by the nature of it. And also, like, if the bridge dies, it kind of everyone dies because they, they won't have any place to, to move the giant ship. Um, so generally, it's pretty safe, but I, I get what you mean. I, I just don't think it holds water that she doesn't know is what he's saying. She doesn't yeah. know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like she's been in some, some dangerous situations, like in, in episode seven on, on Mars, uh, although I guess kind of self-inflicted dangerous situation there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, uh, Fokker seems to think he's he's right uh, to the extent where uh, he, he says like, well, okay, Fokker, yeah, you're, you're right, but shut thinks up. Thinks he's right in retreating in in going to take care of the damaged, uh, whatever you call him. Yeah, but he's not right in being a mean little dick about it. Yeah, so he got he got corrected for that in in both sides. Yeah, um, uh, Misa Lisa really take it to heart though over the course of these episodes, which uh, and so. Uh, it's a little weird because you might have expected like her to volunteer to go onto the mission, like that maybe she had taken it, but instead, like she's ordered to do it, which feels a little bit strange to me. That you know, it's like personally important to her, but she doesn't have the agency to make that decision herself. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, wasn't she, didn't she volunteer in Macross? Did did she? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, maybe maybe yeah, just because like, I had no, like, I feel that. like she super volunteered in Macross. And uh, they that it was implied that she got Rick assigned to or Hikaru, I guess, to to be the escort. Okay, I that that would make sense because they do have that conversation. Like, oh, it sure is funny that I'm here. Yeah, like I, I felt like that that her answer in Macross was very sarcastic. Yeah, I do you like the name Cat's Eye? I think it's a cool name for a ship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you know, it's it's the 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 big AWACS thing with with the big sensor pod on top. Yeah. Um, going back a bit, the censorship thing that we talked about last episode is a little interesting here. The Blue Wind Trio, even though it was cut out completely last time, one of them mentions the horny thing. Like in Robotech, he's like, hey, looking at these bikini ladies gives me funny feelings I don't know, <laughs> uh, which, which seemed odd to me. They specifically cut that out. And now I'm and just putting that back, back here. here. Yeah. Although it was pretty innocent. It was pretty tame how you described it. <laughs> it's a tame little erection. And, you know, it gives me little tingles. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm surprised yeah. that you didn't. Well, maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm surprised you didn't you didn't catch that that uh, Misa volunteered. I thought that was going to be your uh, whatever you call the thing that cross up cross cross. Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Yeah, it's called cross up. I'm, I'm on this podcast, but I don't know. I really thought that was going to be your thing. <laughs> You know, I 
I was uh, well under the weather today. My focus is on is on Robotech. I do the summary there. It's it's your job to be to catch these things. Okay, you're right. great, great job. And you know, I'm trying trying my best here. I wrote the fucking Mega Storm summary. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think that's that's probably the case. I just I just put watch too much Robotech. Neither, neither we have to we have to be there for each other, Manny. We can't be coming at each other for getting one thing mistaken about one show to the other. I mean, I, I wasn't calling you out. I'm just, I was just surprised that, that it wasn't it. That's all. That's all. That's <laughs> okay. All. all right. I feel very attacked. Like say mid, uh, like say Misa was after she ordered everyone to go a- away from her. <laughs> Almost <laughs> like it's my own fault. Immediately too. So yeah. good. Yeah. Hello. It's Shane from the future. Uh, I am buddy in here because of a little oversight here. I'd like to try to correct. Uh, Manny is right. There is actually a very large difference. One might say the most important difference in these episodes here. So it's fitting to get it into the episode somehow, even in post. Uh, Essentially, as you may have heard in the video clip, Lisa in Robotech is visibly distraught and objects to going out, which she is uh, quickly corrected by the captain in that funny little Lisa line you hear there. Um, you know, obviously it's I'm by myself, not going to make a huge conversation deal out of it. I will of course say it is extremely stupid. The whole episode is about Lisa coming to terms with her relationship to violence and, uh, you know, the relative safety and having like Rick's words come to her in flashes. So her not making the decision to go out there by herself and instead being forced to against her wishes, despite that is extremely stupid. So Lisa being forced to do it rather than volunteering is completely against the point of everything else like that and is an extremely bad adaptational change. Wow, that is a great point, Shane. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Uh, did, by the way, Chiron, definitely a gross finger, right? Yes. You, yeah. For sure. Like they, like they, 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 I feel like they animated it like maybe five times as much as they should have as they needed to. Just had so many yeah. frames and shadows and lines to that animation of that finger. Um, yeah, I I actually don't have too much here on my end. One last thing for me. Oh, yeah, the, the other big change uh, I mentioned a little bit in my summary is that they cut out the horrific deaths. Uh, actually, tell me, tell me if they. I don't know if you noticed uh, be in your copy if this is something they put back in. But in the Robotech version I watched, original VHS one. It's different from the the D- later DVD copies that re-added some stuff that Manny's watching. Uh, they cut out the horrific death scenes from the uh, the fake warning shot. Um, in fact, in the version I watched, they they still like show the moment before they all get blown the fuck up. So just like a bunch of engineers all standing in around holding a thing, yeah, yeah in, in a hall, and then just cuts away, which is which really is funny. Uh, just like I wonder what happens to those guys. <laughs> Uh, they totally around, did not huh? just get vaporized at all. Was that the same um, for for your version? Uh, I th- yeah no it was it was in there I think. Let me let me make sure real quick. Give me five seconds. Sure. Oh yeah no they're getting vaporized. They totally oh. get vaporized uh, here. Okay so I guess that was just a content thing for yeah. for those VHS one they they put back in. Uh, so interesting. Yeah, see that that's why I got to watch the VHS ones. Catch stuff yes, like that. Uh, they they did cut out some other stuff. Uh, the I don't know if you got shoot uh, go. The well, this was not cut out, but changed. Chiron's conversation. Uh, what is this? What is his Macross counterpart? It is uh, the, Camjin Kravshira. Kravshira, yeah, okay. Camjin, he has this whole spew about about oh, we've got to get this old guy that doesn't know how to shoot. His hands are trembling, and that's our excuse for missing and actually hitting the STF one. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. And then Robotech is like, no, we're just going to shoot him right there. <laughs> Pointing with his dirty finger. He doesn't need an old guy to fall in for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then who- uh, what was actually cut out, which was maybe like a 30-second conversation, was on the bridge in Macross, uh, right before the attack uh, starts, when they, they're noticing that they don't have uh, radar, Claudia and Misa have a conversation about Oh, what is what is Captain Global thinking? What is he considering? What's our? Why aren't we leaving the asteroid so we uh, field so we can use our short range radar? Like all that, all that is just cut out, and then mm-hmm. it just goes straight into action. Yeah, it doesn't really matter anyway. It I does not matter. They 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 cut it out for time. It makes sense. Yeah, we gotta we gotta be open to Robotech. Sometimes their cuts are fine, and I don't. Uh, th- that that cut goes straight into into Misa seeing the Veritech fighter. Floating with with the cockpit open and the and the pilot dead inside, yeah. Uh, did it did it say? I think Claudia said, "Oh, it's Lieutenant Hunter." The, yeah, you catch that was weird. Yeah, that was super I weird, right? That. Yeah, I, maybe she's fucking with fucking with uh, with Misa over there. Yeah, that's that's what I was like. What? what? And then it, it was almost implied that it was like she was seeing things. That Misa was seeing things, like a uh, like a vision or something. Yeah, I think it's just just guilt about it um this shows treats that character in in a weird way for me so some sometimes it just feels a little bit like they're angry at her for being a mature woman like the real respect is for women who are the opposite of mature like like minmay uh, maybe that'll change a bit as it goes on but between this stuff and and bye bye mars it's a little bit uncharitable yeah uh, which is weird because they have given her some spots, like like when she saved the day, when like her idea to to use the aircraft carriers to punch into that other ship, right? Yeah, like that was yeah. all her. That was her scene. Yeah, I, I just I just don't right now super care for but, her emotional but, bits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What Hope else? is like the romance goes on a little bit further that this goes in a good way. I I think I remember liking it a little bit more, but it's hard to say. Uh, go on. Uh, Rick is is much more concerned about his team than Hikaru. Uh, especially in the second time he was, uh, I think it was in the, in the flashback scene in that very same scene. Like he, he was like super concerned about him and Hikaru was like, no, you don't know about the dangers of space. You're going to, you're going to get us, uh, spaced man. Yeah. I feel like I definitely agree. Rick was a bit better. He goes a little bit less further than Hikaru does. I feel like too, in, in attacking, um, Lisa there. Uh, like he, he still goes a little bit far, but he doesn't like quite go like full all the way. Like what's, what's wrong with you? Why are you being so insulting for no reason? He, he just kind of makes like an impassioned stand. And even like Fokker's reprimand is a little bit less to uh, match that. Cause instead of yeah, saying like, Hey, you went, you went too far. Lieutenant yeah. Hunter. Instead he said, Oh no. But instead of saying you went too far in Robotech, he says like, you talk, oh, you too talk much. too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah which sure, which is right. a little bit like, like, Hey, I don't disagree with what you're saying or even the way you said it, but like tone it down a little bit. I suppose not, like not the right time, not the right space. space. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is fun. I do like that. They, they kind of match that in the, the tone change of both of those. It does make Rick a little bit uh, more right. I feel like in, in that show, uh, at least like sound a little bit more right in the yeah. form of the way you say things being important in terms of debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both. Captains continue to be bad captains, but I think again <laughs> Henry uh, coming out on top over over Beta Bruno, yeah, like clearly falling for some some basic traps there, especially the calling calling that ship coming out to take the big shot uh, a bluff 
And and then like surprise Pikachu face when it gets <laughs> when it gets shot. Yeah. Not not great stuff. Bad call there. Did you notice There's... he added one scene of flirting? Uh like Mark's was it flirting where Lisa went in that scene I mentioned where Max and Benner talking about flirting. Um Lisa's line is like well, she's being held up by Rick's Macross. Or sorry, it's not my Macross, by, by, by Valcross. Oh yeah. Uh, you, you can admire me later. And, she, and and I think Rick's a little, oh, okay, okay, man. <laughs> yeah. She, she doesn't say something nearly as flirtatious that Misa does in, in Macross, if I remember. Yeah, she's like, can you put me down? Yeah, that's it. And but yeah. uh, and it's not just admire me later. It's like the way she says it, right? Yeah, yeah. Do we have, I, I hear a note that says Klingons? <laughs> that, so, that's um, it? That's it? That was... Uh, You're trying to make one Star Trek reference every episode, no matter what. No, 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 no. Matt Cross and Robotech made the Star Trek reference for me. Uh, I think like halfway through the episode, I think after after they get shot and they're looking at damage or something, Yeah, they're looking at a screen and it says uh, Klingon at 47-217 unit hit on Enterprise. Huh. That's a, that is a Star Trek reference. Wow. It just, just flashes by real quick. I just wanted to point it out. It's not me making the Star Trek reference. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long road getting from there to here. I, I really liked, and speaking of what's on screens, I liked Sammy's uh, transmissions that were all just like Windows 3D screen <laughs> screensavers. Those are cool. Uh, I, I think I think, I think think it sounds like we're probably about done for this episode, right? Uh, yes. Uh, all I've got is like super minor changes that don't, okay. that don't Do you have- matter. Okay, do you have one? Do you have like here? I'll let you choose uh, one I, from I the have pool. A note here that I'm I'm puzzled. I don't even remember what it is. Teleporting <laughs> okay. gag. I I don't know what that means either. What? What is this? What, why did I write this? Uh, a note here that says Macross City is destroyed yet again. That that is bad. Okay, all right. That's that, that that's fine. I'm cutting you off. We got we got a comic to cover. We're done. No, one more thing. One more thing. Ah, one more thing. You, one said, more you thing. said one more thing. Two things ago. No, I said some things. Uh, the last thing is, uh, Robotech is much better about uh, lip syncing Chiron's uh, one scene. I don't oh, know if the, you notice in Macross, he just has his mouth open for like five seconds. Huh. That's, That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And, and they they play it off almost like a like he's thinking, and then he just his head head moves down, and he's like, hmm. In Robotech, in, they, they worked around it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that. Uh, Lisa's voice actress talked about was that they were very insistent on making sure the lip flaps were very close, probably in a way they didn't actually care about as much in the original Macross. And so that's why you'll hear a lot of like, hmm, hmm, huh, things like in Robotech are there in the original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was especially bad in this episode. Like there were so many not, like not synced lip, lip flaps. Yeah, and you can probably just let those go. I think most dubs know like, hey, it's you're not going to get it perfect. You'll need to add a bunch of sounds to, to make that work. Uh, so now we've got Robotech Megastorm to talk about. Why don't you walk me through it? I, excuse, how the, Your introduction should be way better than that. No, it, uh, my introduction <laughs> is better than this comic. <laughs> uh, we should just put the entirety of the Linkara theme in here in editing. <laughs> Top the fourth wall. Our bad comics burn. Let's not do that. God, what if what if Linkara bursts in this Discord call right now to help us review? Wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? Uh that would that would be I mean that would be a thing. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't end this call. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you, you you wouldn't end this call? No. That, that's good. I mean, 
I, I want to pick so. his brain on this comic. Yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd probably just say, like, this comic sucks. Uh, and I'll I applaud. This is where I would say you <laughs> add the applause sound. <laughs> I mean, this. I, I agree. I, I don't have too much more to say. I do have another <laughs> summary. Say the thing. Uh, so yeah, this this is, is a Robotech Megastorm. I read it and had no interest whatsoever to do any research on it. Uh, but you know what? You you read my summary, uh, and I'll see if I can Wait, quickly I'm do. Me... Yeah, I'm not reading my own okay. damn summary. I already wrote the summary. Oh, okay. All right. All right, boss. Excuse me. Uh, issue one of uh, Robotech Megastorm. Sometime after episode six, Cora, a new evil Zentradi guy who looks a lot like uh, Crash Bandicoot's Dr. Engine. Is that yeah. how you say that? Yeah. Uh, appears with Exidor to do some scheming. His scheme is to do a mega storm. Meanwhile, it's revealed uh, Henry has a uh, Michelin star level cooking abilities. I bet Bruno can't cook a damn pop darn. Uh, mm, I, I, think, I think Bruno would burn that pop darn and he would still eat it. Even more, meanwhile, Fokker's uh, taking Max. Who's a lieutenant? Uh, is that is that a continuity snarl? We'll we'll get into it in the last on his on his comics. first ever patrol. Upon which there is combat. Turns out the combat is a ploy. Issue two. Sammy continues to be uh, best girl. She tries to eat a damn artichoke leaf. You're not <laughs> gonna eat those things. You eat the you eat the thing at the bottom. The ployed units unploy themselves and try to suck the Macross into a gravity well. Is is that? I don't even remember seeing the word megastorm. That's how Manny, I swear to God, I was I was having a real bad time. I was rereading this bad comic, uh and I was writing the, the summary for it, and I see the word megastorm. I'm like, wait a minute, what's a megastorm? And then I, I, I re-reread you know, the first like issue or so, you know, like like 10 pages to see if they explain what a megastorm is. But no, they, they just say the word uh, well, megastorm. Right? No, no, they, they say the word megastorm, and I'm not sure if they're referring to the gravity well as a megastorm or if it's a separate thing because it never explains what a megastorm is. It just says they're being attacked by one at one point. Oh, you know what? I think I know what it's in reference to, into yeah. to the, the big red spot, the giant spot on, on Jupiter because they mentioned okay. that. I, look, I looked up the word megastorm and it didn't, like, it doesn't mean that in real life or anything, but I, I mean, guess it could I mean, mean that. The, 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 Giant red spot on Jupiter is bigger than Earth, and it's a storm. Okay. I feel like you just say that in the comic, though. Uh, uh, yes, like, I do agree. I do agree. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the shots of Jupiter in, in this comic do have the red spot on. Okay. So that, you're right. That's probably what they mean. Uh, uh, hey, we figured it out. Good job. Handshakes. The, uh, the Macross shoots big gun, but Korra laughs because he has the biggest trackball shield of them all. That was weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> he, he has that shield that just completely stops the big giant laser. Yeah. Never brought up again, I guess. We'll, we'll yeah, see. He, he just says like, huh, "Yeah, they, my technology is so much better." Uh, Robo technology. Thank you, sir. He doesn't say that. Uh, then Quara yeah. puts on a hideous purple suit and launches towards the Macross to blow up the anti-gravity engines. Issue three. Quara and his fellows breach the hole, but Fokker and Max beat the shit out of them. Like it's not even it's no competition. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. They don't even get the, that injured. The the day is saved. We learned that apparently Max's combat patrol was secret, and he has a special long range VF nine. Is that mm. like Final Fantasy nine or, or IX? I don't know. Because I think uh, I don't know. Well, not important. Not important. And that him being a lieutenant was a battlefield commission and is now redacted to keep the secret of what the fuck this is this last panel, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the this, fuck is the last comic, panel? This, this comic does not work. 
yeah, you know, let's let's just just let's just work it through. Um, go like tell us it as as best and as long as as you can what is you know what do you think and what's wrong with this this comic? Uh, well, I mean, what's wrong is is that it tries to to be that thing that you never want to do, which is add something uh, to an already existing piece of fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, interquel, I think, I think is what the people use. Yeah. Uh, into something that didn't need to be there. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Almost goes against canon. Push pushes glasses up. And, and the biggest sin of them all is just fucking boring. Yeah, it's it's super boring. Uh, that's really the the worst part about it. I don't necessarily agree that like an interquel can't be like good or interesting. Uh, I think this one is is not those things. Uh, no, I think no, it probably it can, can be. I, I just think it's really hard to make it interesting or good. Sure. They don't seem to try very hard here, though. They do introduce, you know, a new character, Korra, who's uh, immediately gets gets owned, in, you know, in the span of those three issues or so. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the way this thing looks, too, by the way? Can you, like, we described it a little bit last time. I said it looked a little bit like how to draw, um, how to draw anime style. Uh, I have here uh, page 25. I'm looking at Lisa Hayes, and yeah. uh, she looks exactly like you, you the cover of one of those how to draw anime volume 13 or whatever. Like you could not be more right. Yeah. Uh, Henry, uh, Henry looks a little bit more like a, like a comic book character, but that's just, he's got the mustache and jaw and cheekbones. Yeah. Everybody else though. You're right. Yeah. It, it is mostly just like a lot of uh, the battle crossing uh, as it were. Uh, it, it doesn't look very good. It, it's also, I'm not, um, I don't read a whole lot of comics or read some of them. And I, I'll, I'll say in general, this might be a little bit unfair of me because I, I feel like, um, you know, weird for a fan of JoJo, but I sometimes have some a, a lot of trouble reading like fight layouts in comics, especially. It's a little bit hard. Oh, you for know what? Me. I, I had the same problem. Uh, it was hard for me to follow. Like, oh, is this the first bubble I have to read? Yeah, I mean, not so. I mean, more like fight. Like the structure of movement in this comic feels really rough and weird. Uh, there's in particular one group of panels that was very weird for me. Uh, it, it's where it's a uh, issue three Fokker is fighting uh Korra and it's like uh, Fokker is facing away from Korra and Korra like goes up and behind him. And then like something happens and I'm not sure what, but like the panel kind of goes like bright and there appears to be some sort of shot, but it's like from behind the Veritech. And then he goes back to Korra, and he's like all defeated looking. Uh, uh, yeah, it has it has cannons on the back, I think. Okay, but I mean, it it looks very hard to see. Yes, no, it it it, it looks it looks like Korra shot at Fokker, and it's getting hit. He's getting hit. Yes, yes, exactly. And so it's a lot of stuff, uh, which is very bad when your whole comic is about fighting to have all the fighting look bad. Yes, they they could have at least made. Uh, made each side's like lasers or whatever look different. Yeah. Give them a different color. Uh, especially ugly is, is Koral's like battle suit. It looks hideous. It looks really bad. Like even compared to basically everything else in, in the comic, mm-hmm. uh, like including like, like the ships, like mostly look fine. I think, uh, especially the big ones uh, the characters look a little bit weaker. I, I think like the new character design for Koral, I think he looks uh, pretty bad, but especially his suit is the single worst looking like blob of, like a lack of, of detail. It's simply like too monocolor for the lack of real details that are in this art style. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to, 
like it, it's got like a uh, an orange cockpit glass, and that's it. That is it. That's all the color yeah. you get. Aside yeah. from that purple, um, too much purple. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, was was there anything you you liked about this comic? Uh, yes, Sammy eating the artichoke sleeve. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it's a good face that she puts on when she's like, "Oh, this is nasty." Yeah, uh, I like um, Koraz melting face. I think that's kind of cool looking. Uh, it's fine. I didn't like it at all. It's and not just because it was ugly. It's just. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I think just uh, the art styles helped a little bit when you take away all, all the color. So like just, just being in red and, and white makes uh, like the lack of, of details uh, a little bit more palatable. Uh, when you're focusing on, on like the, out of the shading. So I, I think, I think it's an okay looking panel, which is more than I could say for a lot of this comic. Uh, I think we've exhausted everything we have to say no, about no, this comic. No, 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 not, not true. I have, uh, I have two, two more things. One go on. I, uh, Henry in his little chef hat, very cute. Uh, yes, very cute. Go on. Apparently, he's like, he's like a Michelin Michelin star cook. That's not what I would have expected. Uh, the second thing is this last panel. Um, so I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna really extend this segment by reading the entirety of this last panel. Oh boy, this thing is packed. This thing is packed because th- this is this is truly like. Like not that there are any interesting ideas. That the this is this last panel is the only thing that activated any of my brain functions, uh, mostly for continuity snarl reasons, but also just because it's very strange. Okay, so the whole thing is resolved. Captain Global's looking out towards the the beautiful space, and he says, you know, in in response to, uh, who was that rookie on his wing? He was really good. Global says, yes, he was, Lisa. After we arrive on Mars, I'll have Fokker assign him to the first open fighter slot. You know, that makes sense. It's like, you know, because we know he gets assigned to the Rick Hunter squadron uh, pretty soon. Uh, Next line, Fokker's secret sortie with the special long-range VF-9 was a great success. We will learn a great deal once the data is analyzed. Uh, So I was like, oh, I wonder if this is something that has, like, appeared in other Robotech media or it's, like, something that shows up in, in Macross later. You know, I'm not going to remember like the names. Uh, nothing. There's that thing does not show up anywhere else. At least, like as far as the internet is concerned, uh, it's not on the wiki. Uh, the Google has no results. So, uh, and they also don't mention they don't mention that until this panel. Like, there's not anything about like, oh, we're going to test this this thing, or like, oh, that's a cool like function of your new ship. It, they just uh, say it in this last panel. I did notice that that his his fighter had a bunch of extra stuff on it. Okay, but that's it. Like I, I like I, I noticed it and just moved on. It didn't even register. I was like, oh, it's like that one that, that Rick had with armor on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you think is that supposed to be it? The armored the armored uh, Macross thing? Is that the same thing? Uh, no, because he he could uh, he could only transform his into a fighter mode after the armor came off. Hmm. In the okay, all right. So probably not even that, unless that's something they they dealt with later. Anyway, just not not something they explain in the comics. Just something they say there. Anyway, next line. Just in time, it would seem, as the enemy has some new technology we did not account for this time. Uh, which you know, I guess the, the big shield, which is which is fair. Uh, next line. Even though Max Sterling's skill was needed during the testing of Special VF Nine, I'm afraid I'll have to terminate his battlefield commission as lieutenant. So that we can keep the testing secret. Uh, so a lot of questions here. Number one, what the fuck are you talking about? 
uh, he's so it says the Battlefield Commission, but literally the very first panel of this comic before he gets into battle, he's referred to as lieutenant. He, that's not a battle. A Battlefield Commission is like like in the midst of a battle, right? I would assume that they're like almost, you know, this despite that there's a city and there's normal life going in. I think this whole trip is is considered like active battle. Okay, so I mean, all are that's a way to excuse it, I guess. Okay, but now it's, as I as for. As for Battlefield Commission uh, applying to this mission, <laughs> I, you could justify it as they knew that they were going out to combat to test it. Like they, they saw, oh, like, oh, there's, there's battle pods coming in. Why am I trying right. to defend this stupid no, comic? It was, it, was, it was a patrol. It wasn't combat. It, it, it was a combat patrol. It, they happened to attack while they were patrolling. They didn't think that battle was going to happen. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I'm not no, going to no, he, this he, comic. Yeah. He's, he's, he's explicitly the very first. I just, I just reread this thing. He's explicitly... Um, and this is your first uh, combat patrol. They're not they're not there to the battle. Uh, so it, it is it is very strange. So they they promote him off screen. They don't they don't mention him. They don't mention promoting him before or anything. That's just the thing that like starts out with that he is a lieutenant, uh, which makes the question of like why they did that in the first place. Why is why did they promote they him promote so him. they could? And how does yeah how does busting him back down help keep it a secret? Of course, that's that's so so confusing. Um, who, who, who would be outraged if a guy comes and like, oh yeah, this guy's the lieutenant. Uh, he, he, he helped us and we, we promoted him. And who are they keeping this a secret from? Like, what are the, what are the civilians going to do? Right. Well, I mean, there is some propaganda stuff in the show proper. So that, that's fair. But I, I feel like that's a, a different sort of like secrecy. I, I mean, like, I, I get why they're not just like giving civilians military secrets, but this one, yeah, yeah, like, they, it, uh, it's, I don't think it's something that needs to be classified super tax secret like it's just some, don't don't talk about it yeah you don't, yeah you don't it's, it's very strange yeah uh and, and it's just like adding this whole once again this is like not a necessary thing you could have just had him be a recruit like on on the combat patrol and then not have to hold the whole thing of like demoting him so that there is no continuity issue for no reason yeah. and and it would have saved uh this comic from having to have this like really weird last panel yeah, <laughs> we would have talked exposition. about it. <laughs> we have anything to talk about. Uh, yeah, and then, and then he does. He basically says, uh, "As for now, it looks like we are going to get a long need to rest. Let's hope this trip is a quiet one." The end for now. Womp womp. Yeah. So, what what would you rate this comic out of ten, Manny? Uh, I would rate it like four, three, three out of ten. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I did I did like one one other bit. Um, I just think it's funny. There's a bit where one of Korra's guys is like, Commander Korra, those two Micronian races, we don't have time to deal with them properly. They're going to, and then like they don't like redraw it at all, which you can tell because it's like the exact same like scribbly light shading on the helmet. There's just like a zoom in, but there's now like a gun POV in the frame pointing directly to his head. <laughs> yeah. And he just he just says, No. <laughs> uh, which does imply that Max, you know, that, that's like brutal because it's not a robot. That's just like a guy's head in there. So Max that's is like yeah, really yeah. Fucking shot that dude in the head. Uh, let me try and say something good about this comic. Uh, oh, sorry, it was Fokker, not Max. Uh, Fok- uh, Max says, "Sir, wasn't that a bit extreme?" <laughs> and uh, Fokker says, "Fuck yeah." I-, I like that we see the night shift coming in to the bridge. Mm-hmm. That- that's it. That's all I can say. You like that? That's good in Star Trek too. Whenever that happens, yeah. yeah good old Harry that. Kim on the bridge of the Voyager. There, classic. Do you think we're going to mention Korra be ever again? Uh, is someone no. going to come up and we're going to be like, ah, oh, this is just like Korra, our favorite character from Megastorm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that classic character. Everybody remembers him. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, hey, remember Korra? The, once the – oh, yeah, we, we get we get the uh, – technically uh, the second mention of the Robotech Masters in this, which is just as obtuse and meaningless as the first time where Korra says, we were once the Robotech Masters elite guard. Now we fucking suck and we die in 15 <laughs> seconds. We die yeah. in like 10, mo- 10 uh, comic book panels. Yeah. The same yeah. yeah. And once again, uh, we do see the, the cat's eye in this comic also. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's good, good timing. We saw that after yeah. after this episode. Uh, Global says the one time they use it, they use their stealth to sneak into just the right position directly between us, Jupiter, and the Megastorm. So, does that imply that the Megastorm isn't on Jupiter? Uh, you might be right. I, I, I don't know. They don't, don't look. Know. So, so once again, Megastorm not like a term people actually use in real life for the storm on on Jupiter as, as far as you know, my, my quick research did. So they just fucking say it and they don't explain it. And comics don't. Uh, I dumb. agree. All right. Dumb comic. Dumb comic. Dumb comic. Uh, yeah. Story by Fred Perry. Get oh yeah. yeah. Fred Perry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brief uh, a little bit late now, especially since we just trashed it all, but I did look up those guys uh, briefly on the, the website. Uh, Fred Perry, apparently he's apparently still working at Antarctic press. I don't know how accurate this is. Uh, he's in the Marine Corps. Apparently he did a work on he did he did more work on Robotech. Actually, I should double check. Yeah, so this is a story by. So he he did he was did the story for this. Unfortunately, uh, he also worked on Cyber Knights. Uh, he is the well known author and artist of Japanese styled comics. Who boy, the series he's best known for is Gold Digger, a long running comic anthology. Did did you see the in in the comic uh, that that is totally not pirated? There's a page in the in the <laughs> close to the front of it. That's like, oh, now available from Antarctic Press. And yeah. uh, Gold Digger is like the one with the most issues. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a long running. Uh, there's uh, another one called Crimson Nun. Then on the other side of the page, there's two entries, three, four, four entries for Warrior Nun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so funny you mentioned that. I believe so. The artist uh, himself. He his most notable creations are the comic series Ninja High School and Warrior Nun Ariala. Uh, Ninja High School is the one with uh, the second most entries in this page to order comic books. Wow! Uh, apparently, he he owns his own company called Sentai Studios now. Uh, ben Dunn, who's the the artist here, apparently, Dunn, and he now lives in Dallas, your favorite place. Oh man! In, in the Dallas, Dallas Metroplex with his wife oh. and two children. Let me see if you recognize any of these other names. Shotgun Mary. Tigers of Terra, Luftwaffe. Oh. Uh, Sentai Filmworks is actually in Houston. I think it's it's uh, still around. Oh, actually, probably, probably twenty minutes away from here, just like everything in Houston. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're still around. They're they're doing stuff. Yeah, so so they did. Uh, oh, they did Legends of the Galactic Heroes, Grolls und Panzer. They did Food Wars, Elf and Lied, Clanad, Dio, Manny. They did uh, the Eminence in Shadow. <laughs> They brought that over. <laughs> oh my god! Him. Holy shit! What are you? Wait, hold on. Does he, he? He he's not the founder, is he? This guy. It, it says he he started his own development company, Sentai Studios, but it doesn't have as the founder on the Wikipedia page. Uh, let's just say top guy. Okay, yeah, let's say he's he's a top guy. Who cares? But anyway, it's pretty. Even though he's not on the Wikipedia page, I'm sure Bet Mr. Ben Dunn was quite important. Probably, I don't know. Anyway, he 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 seems like a kind of a bad artist for this. <laughs> Sorry, Benda. <laughs> All right, that was fun. So, so next time we will not be reading a comic book, although 
unfortunately, maybe for both of us, I think we might be doing some the time after, but we'll let you know on on, on oh. the feed uh, yeah, if that have happens. Have a nice trip. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. What do you hope I do on my trip? Uh, I hope that you, I don't know, just tiramisu. Go, go yeah. crazy on the tiramisu. That's all, all right. I know. Cross up. Um, t- tiramisu versus Joe Biden. Um, mm. uh, okay. Uh, tir- tiramisu versus Joe Biden. Maybe we'll we'll never know. But we do know that you, the audience, should probably eat tiramisu. It tastes pretty good. You know, if you like coffee, don't eat Joe Biden. Unless, you know, he's close by and you won't get in trouble for it um, uh, how many t- eggs does it take to make a joe biden i would love to get some some eggs out of joe biden oh uh, okay i got nothing to say to that <laughs> all right good luck well th- thanks 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 so much uh and remember i love you you love me Remember, Robotech is hosted by me, Shane, and my good friend, Manny. The intro music is arranged by me, sampling the Macross opening, a Robotech commercial, and Lifelike by Alexi Action. The podcast art is arranged by Manny, with the logo in particular made by Glory Designs. Our ending music is a mashup of My Boyfriend is a Pilot and My Time to Be a Star, arranged by Joshua Collin.